Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com Hello and welcome to another episode of Absent Minded. It's been few and far between the episodes this summer for obvious reasons uh, in regards to what's going on around the world. Today we are making a short uh, episode and I'm having Andrew Sadonowski, our uh, resident um, CBA and analytics guy in regards to different rules and interpretation, along with the exciting news that the ECHL is going to throw our rivers, right? Exactly. So a lot of things going on today. We uh, got word that there will be a press conference uh, at 3.30 in the afternoon in Trois-Rivières to announce that a deal in principle has been reached between the uh, the city of, uh, of Trois-Rivières and a franchise, an expansion franchise ownership group. So expect uh, some interesting information to come out of that um, out of that press conference most likely uh, to talk as well about an affiliation with the Montreal Canadiens which in my opinion is pretty much necessary for the team to survive in that environment in that province it's exciting news but that's actually not why we're talking to you guys today we're no. talking to you because of there is a um, the, the, the CBA has just been formalized or, or is on the verge of being formalized by the players. Uh, there's been some negotiating going on between the players and the owners in regards to taking up the season that has uh, that was abruptly uh, put on hold in what uh, definitely was the right way to do at the time. But in that, it also has become um, interesting to see what happens with players, Ilya Sorokin, uh, Kirill Kaprizov and for Montreal, everyone is keen to know what is going to happen with Alexander Romanov uh, when the season starts in NHL, as he has a valid contract along with the other two Russians that I've just named. Um, you have more inf- information about this, Andrew. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's a very interesting situation, and you know, the team I'm sure is analyzing all the different options. Uh, they signed a, a a deal in principle with Alexander Romanov with no known start date uh, in March, and now they need to determine whether they want his entry level contract to start this year in 2020 uh, in 2019-2020, or if they want it to start in 2020-21. Uh, if they want it to start this year, we know that he won't be eligible to play in the play-in round, the qualification round, and further into the NHL playoffs, but. Uh, if they do sign this year, the team is still looking into whether he'd be eligible to just travel with the team and practice with the team. 
uh, that would also burn the first year of his entry-level contract. Uh, so there, there's that option for Montreal if they want Romanov to just be with the team to get to know the coaches, to get to know the systems, and essentially be ready to go once the 2020-2021 season starts on December 1st. Uh, that's one option the team is looking at right now. Obviously, the con to that option is that, well, he won't see any gameplay until December. And uh, we talked about this just before we started recording. That would be practically nine months of no competitive play for Alexander Romanov. Uh, so that option, you know, you have the, the opportunity of getting him up to speed in terms of the language, the systems, the coaches, the players but you, he loses the gameplay developmental experience. Uh, that's that's the first option and the pros and cons to that. Um, next, you have the option, obviously, of signing him for this year, but then loaning him to a KHL club or to a European club, let's start off with. Um, loaning him to a KHL club, we know that it's been done in KHL teams have loaned players on entry-level contracts to teams. Uh, the example of Vitaly Kraftsov uh, last year, and then you have uh, previous examples of Maxim Mamin by Florida in 2018 and Bogdan Yakimov uh, by the Oilers in 2016. So there is precedence. Even though there's no transfer agreement between the NHL and the KHL, there is precedence of loaning contracted players to the KHL. Um, we do know that if Romanov was to go to Siska or CSKA, however you want to pronounce it, um, you know, they own his KHL rights and he knows the team, he knows the players, he knows the systems, and he'd be able to just carry on as he did last season. Um, being a, being only 20 years old, his salary would not count against the new KHL salary cap. So I could definitely see a team being interested in bringing him to the KHL for that very reason. He's, he's a highly decorated uh, junior player um, and I think, you know, there's some concern whether uh, the team would play him in low minutes and or punish him for trying to leave and all that kind of urban legend, which I personally don't believe in. Um, I think he would be a great fit for Seska if Montreal decides to loan him to the KHL. I, for, for me, looking at from from the angle here in Europe, obviously, um, isn't it value to actually burn that first year? We've seen Montreal and other clubs have done it with, with American players or North American players um, to, to you know, entice them, to, to reward them in a way to staying with the, with the organization and, and doing what's best for the organization. And in that way, they, they burn another year very early. I think um, it like... It was rumored that they would do it with Cole Caulfield. It was rumored that they would do it with others. And Paling did it, didn't he? And and uh, who was the the goalkeeper? Just the uh, Brito, Lin right? Charlie Lindgren. Was it Lindgren? Yeah. Uh, Lindgren. Yeah, yeah, it was Lindgren that they burned a year. The the reason for doing that is that you go through the entry level contract sooner, uh, and there's less. Um, less fuel for a larger contract at that point. Um, they're still young and you still can still get a player who's just entering his prime on a potential bridge deal or a long-term lower value deal. Uh, if, if you look at the case of, of uh, let's say, P.K. Subban, who they did argue a bridge deal with, you know, he didn't burn a year. So when he came out of his entry-level contract, he was already um, at, at a, at a, you know, in his prime at a superstar level. I don't want to compare Romanov to Subban because they're two completely different players. But what I'm saying is that if you get a player out of the entry-level system sooner, 
they are more likely to sign a lower value deal first before they go for that large, massive contract. And I think that's the advantage of Romanov burning a year, whether he stays with a team or whether he's loaned to the KHL or some other European club. Um, you want him to get out of that entry-level system and into a standard player contract situation that is still um, affordable and friendly to under a salary cap world. Indeed, I understand that. But it's also it sends a message that you take care of your players, um, especially Russian players, where where you have that problem since there isn't a transfer agreement between the KHL and and the NHL. This is a way of rewarding it. This is a way of highlighting how good um, Montreal behaves in regards to the Russian players. I think it could be value not not only as you mentioned, to get Romanov out of the entry-level deal faster where he might not have made such an impact to demand a higher salary. But I also think that it's worth promoting Montreal and the concept of actually we take care of our guys. Uh, if you come over here, you'll get paid and, and we'll do everything the best way we can. Um, I think it's, it's value in that in many ways. Uh, the other way you mentioned is to travel with the team um, and, and obviously, I've, I've spoken with Alexander Romanov. His English is is good, but you can really tell he, he's struggling with certain expressions. He, he's struggling with uh, um, when it becomes too fast. And I think it, it would benefit him massively to, to just hang out in North America. On the other hand, uh, you need to get his girlfriend over or, or fiancé over as well because uh, uh, she is... Um, a big part, I think, it's a big part of security and, and uh, in that regard. And, and then you need to find something for her to do as well. So, so there are certain things, you know, might leave him in, in Europe for, for a short time and, and uh, being able to, to um, stay with friends and family. Because in, in the situation that the world is in right now, we all want to be with our friends and family. Of course, yeah, and uh, and and that'd be one of one of the positives is to you know make leaving as many of your prospects in their native lands as you can uh, to to minimize any sort of travel concerns or whatever. And we're talking about Romanov, talking about um, um, Demchenko, talking about uh, Hisamutinov. Um, you know, three Russian players that the Canadians have under contract um, that they're going to have to figure out what they're going to be doing with uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, those two, the two other players that I mentioned, don't have contracts until 2021. But are yeah, 2021. But you know, Montreal have to decide what they're going to do with them. Are going to have them wait until the season starts in December, or will they also uh, pursue a KHL loan or European loan for those other two players? Uh, a KHL loan is going to be more difficult in the case of, of Demchenko and uh, Hisamutdinov just because they're above the, the age cutoff for, for salary cap. So their salaries would count against the salary cap. So it's probably a lot harder to fit them on a team somewhere. Those two players, you know, you may be looking at a European assignment somewhere else beyond the KHL. Yeah, the question is if other teams in Europe want to take them for what is obviously going to be the Swedish league is, is the first one starting, it seems. Um I think Finland postponed it for another week the other day. Uh, DAEL has, has also said that they are uh, waiting um, and they haven't determined when to start. The same with the NLA. And, and Sweden starts 15th of September. So grabbing someone for essentially two and a half months, I'm not sure that it's, it's value in that deal 
especially as many Swedish teams have their own prospects and, and bringing up their own yeah. uh, players to, to, to get a chance and be ready for the playoffs that is supposed to start in, in March. And if you're putting them on the bench, it's, they might not be ready for that playoff push that they everyone wants. Yeah, I mean, in the case of Hisamutdinov, also he has the MHL option, the the AHL equivalent of the KHL. Uh, that's where he spent some time last year. So, I mean, that option's available to him. But really, you know, what's Montreal going to have left out of that player who's already a, a long shot as it is and hoping to develop in the AHL? You know, you're going to lose another year of potential development in North America. But but you know, that's the reality we live in right now. The world is the world has changed. You can't expect things to be normal. Uh, Montreal's going to have to make some decisions. Um, based on options, that there is no ideal option, that there's a lot of pros and cons to every situation. Um, and Montreal, just like in Romanoff, in the case of all other European players, um, you know, they're just going to have to make a decision for what's probably best for that person versus that player. I mean, we're talking about people here that are being put in difficult situations where they may be away from families in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I think, you know, at some point, Montreal's just going to have to look at the person above the player. Yeah, and when looking back at it as well, you mentioned it and we spoke about it just before we started this recording. Um, Romanov hasn't played a game since the 8th of March. And I'll be honest, he played under four minutes in that in that game. And mm-hmm. it was the last game in, in uh, uh, the series against Torpedo, um, which a series that Seska won 4-0. And, and actually, in the end, that win made them win the the uh, um, league this year so um, Romanov got another gold medal along with the one that he won last mm-hmm. year it might be one with an asterisk on when you collect his uh, stats at the end of a career but but he got two gold medals but that's a nine month uh, layoff in a way from, from yeah. playing competitive hockey it would be different obviously if he was with the team and could practice with the team but practice doesn't make perfect. Obviously, it will. NHL is looking for an 82-game uh, season uh, for next year, um, and so it doesn't really matter if he's not absolute on top form uh, when he starts uh, playing for Montreal in December, because he will start playing for Montreal in December. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. That that's the firm thing. And would it make sense to to would it be easier for him? You know, we're going to have players that has participated in the playoffs that might be have a short turnaround and might be a little bit drained. And there we have a Russian player, okay, in his first NHL season, but he will be fit and ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I, for me, I value gameplay above all else. And I understand, you know, bringing Romanov over and having him uh, integrate into the culture uh, now. But just... the you cannot replace the experience of gameplay. Uh, and that's why I think, you know, they will explore an option to loan him out, whether it is a, you know, the KHL and Seska or whether it's uh, some other European team. Uh, gameplay is the most important thing for Romanov right now, especially at age 20. Uh, to miss nine months of, of, of games is, is a lot, especially at his age, at his prime development years. Now, that being said, 
we have seen situations of players who had whatever injury or whatever, and they missed a, a significant amount of time. I'm thinking uh, maybe a player like, um, maybe not a great example, but Alex Galchenyuk, who missed the majority of his final junior year due to a knee injury. Um, but he came back and he's a professional player now. And yeah, sure enough, there's there's, there's some questions about his, his completeness and maybe a, a stint in the AHL was necessary in his case to start off with. But it's a player who missed a lot of time who was able to come back at peak level. So missing nine months of gameplay is not the end of the world if Montreal decides that cultural integration and 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 um, being around the team is more important than professional gameplay. That's up to them. Um, I mean, they're the specialists. They know what that player, they've been watching him play for, for years now. They know what he needs to work on in the next year. Um, it's still my belief that there is no ideal option in the case of Romanov, but there is probably an option that the team will choose that they think is best for him right now. Uh, so you also mentioned different leagues in Europe. I mentioned it that, that I don't think the, the SHL is the right way to go. Um, I don't think Liga is either. Uh, even if that would be closer, obviously, to Moscow, uh, Finland has handled the pandemic very, very well. Uh, but one league that has a lot of money and, and has a, a generous quota uh, of, of foreigners and foreigners are rotating in and out of the team is the NLA. Can you see an LA, a, an LA team actually take the, the chance on Romanov for what would be about two months? Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting option. Certainly, you know, uh, Switzerland has has the um, the track record of taking in high prospects. I mean, we've seen Austin Matthews play in Switzerland. Uh, he spent a year there where he dominated, and, and, and now he's a complete player in the NHL. Uh, Austin Matthews, though, is probably uh, an exception to the rule because he's an elite player. Um, I think but any gameplay at a high level for Romanov I think is good. If Siska doesn't want to take him on for for you know a few months or or whatever, then yeah, absolutely the NLA would be a good place for him to go as a 20 year old to play in a men's league uh, is is nothing but positive for him. Uh, I've heard people say, well, why not just put him in the AHL? The question with the AHL is that we don't know when it's going to start. Um, it's a team that's partially a team a league that's got teams that are partially owned by NHL teams partially owned by private ownership. Uh, you know, the league's looking playing with no fans, but for the teams that are have private ownership, they rely on the attendance. They rely on ticket sales to fund the team. So those teams are teams are going to struggle with fans. They may need to wait for the NHL to start their next season in December or January before they can start their operations. So to say that Romanov can go to the AHL There's too much uncertainty right now around the AHL to select that option. Maybe the Canadians will hedge their bets and, and see whether the AHL starts later on. So they'll keep Romanov on the team and then send him to the AHL whenever that starts. But that's that's a large unknown uh, versus sending him now to the European leagues, which which are on the verge of starting. And like I said, the KHL has already started their training camps now. So they can technically Montreal loan Romanov to Siska now and have him start playing training and playing games now. I believe the uh, the preseason in the KHL starts in a couple of weeks, something along those lines, first games. Um, 
you know, if you have a youth, you have a prospect, a youth prospect that you have huge hopes for to be a, a key player in your organization, you want him to play games. And I think that's that would be the ideal situation for him. Not ideal for Montreal, obviously, but ideal for the player to just play games. Okay, you mentioned games um, as, as a carrot and, and a, to, to use, but I also think in a way that you need to help Romana with the language. And, and for me, I think, you know, hang around with the team, getting to know um, the, the, the city, getting to know the players. Um, the one thing that I'm worrying about in this case, uh, he's a very outgoing person. He's easy to look to, to laugh and uh, he, he, he does take a joke and he wants to, to, to joke with you as well. Uh, so I think, you know, he, he will thrive in, in that kind of environment. But I also think that uh, the, the one thing for me, uh, looking to, to, to have him stay in North America and go with the team in, in what could be a short series against uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins or, or a deep run in, into the uh, um, playoffs is the fact that, uh, that there is not another Russian on the team that I, I can see him join because Kovalchuk is actually uh, with the Washington uh, Capitals and that is, is, is something that we all said, you know, uh, Kovalchuk comes back, he will take care of Romanov and that will be great. And, and this is the worrying thing for me. What does Romanov do uh, when he comes over and, and uh, maybe not find that security? Because Russians tend to, to merge together and, and uh, keep together. And I think it's a very good thing in many ways to, to have that support system near you, especially... Uh, you have lived abroad, I lived abroad. It's great to have a support system of, of people from, from the same country, of expats and, and the same culture. It, it's just beneficial in the long run. It is. And I mean, you know, if they want to just bring Romanov over for a couple of weeks during training camp, just have him skate with the team uh, and then loan him to Siska, that's fine. But if you, don't, you, know, if you want to bring him into the, into the hub city where the team is limited on the amount of total people they can bring in, well, fine. You can bring in Romanov, but you won't be able to bring in a, let's say, a translator, or bring in his his girlfriend, or or, or whatever, or his fiance. Sorry, uh, you know, like you said, they won't be able to surround him with um, like cultured people. So, you know, do you bring him in and have face potential situation of having him feel isolated uh, and being alone? You know, he can't play the games, so he's not going to be in the dressing room on game days. He's just gonna, you know, putter around with the team during practice. Uh, and, and I'm just worried about what that's going to do. Yeah, you know, he needs to learn the language and all that, but a language can be learned uh, after hours when you're playing with Siska as well. You know, taking English lessons, I'm sure he's been taking English lessons already for, for several years. If his goal was always to go to the NHL, I'm sure he's put in some effort already into, into learning the language. Uh, to me, again, I think game experience is above all else um, key in his present development as a 20-year-old. All right, and this is where we're going, um, and we actually don't know <laughs> what's going to come out in the end. No, but one thing not. we do know is that it seems like players like Ilya Sorokin for for Islanders, uh, um, Kirill Kaprizov for for Minnesota, and Alexander Romanov for Montreal, they don't seem. Um, it's ninety nine point nine percent sure that they won't be participating in the playoffs. That's that's what we know. And we are have been listening to Andrew and me, Patrick, uh, talking about different kind of environments and what would benefit Alexander Romanov in the long run. Um, 
we are not experts on the subjects, but yeah, we, and, and as you hear, we have two different uh, ideas on what would be best. Um, let us know your ideas in the comment section in the article. And uh, we're looking forward to be back with more regular updates. Thank you again for, for joining me, Andrew. It's been a pleasure and it's great to hear your voice again because it's been some time. Uh, everyone out there, stay safe, wear a mask. That's it. Wear your masks, everyone. It's, uh, it's not taking away your freedom. It's to try to give you freedom back in the long run. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.